0: Coming up on NRL Teams, David Fafita finally returns, but the Broncos suffer a blow to their halves as we get set for Bennett v. Seabold Part 4. Adam Kuhn is back, but who will partner the young playmaker against the Roosters? Could Cameron Smith's shoulder injury be a blessing in disguise for Melbourne? And. Not happy. Will Michael Maguire tear last week's team sheet to shreds as a former West Tiger turns down the Warriors' top job? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams brought to you by Telfast. Yep, Michael Maguire, not a very happy man. Robbie Farrar, very happy you weren't in that dressing room after loss to the Warriors. We will talk about his spray a little bit later on. Brett Kamali, thanks for joining me once again. Uh, Round 13, a massive week of footy coming up, especially after the fresh news today that Blake Green has left the Warriors effective immediately. He has linked up with the Knights. We'll wait and see whether he's named a little bit later on. But he fills Andrew McCulloch's spot on the top 30 uh, roster, given that he's out for the rest of the year. So, uh, Noddy, the question to you, is Blake Green the solution to solve the Knights' struggling attack?
1: Well, no, I'm not too sure. Obviously, Blake Green and Mitchell Pearce are very similar players. They're both game managers. Uh, They don't don't play away from their structure too much. They're not super quick. They're not going to blow you away with... With some of some vision. Um, it's going to be interesting whether actually the seven and the six at the Newcastle Knights compete for the football because they're both senior players. Uh, obviously, Blake Green probably a little bit unhappy with what the the owners of the Warriors' comments were a few weeks ago and, and probably felt like he didn't want to stay there and be a part of that organisation.
0: Of course, he was told he wasn't um, going to be part of their future in 2021. Will he be part of the Knights' future? If you were Adam O'Brien, would you keep him on knowing that Jaden Braley comes back to hooker next year? Well, I think that'll sort itself out in the next... You
2: know, two months, I think, yeah. how he fits into their structure. Uh, as you said, how, how he forms a combination with, with Mitchell in the halves. And look, he's an experienced player. He's someone you definitely want to have on your books, even if it's for depth. So uh, he's a handy player to have, even, even as a backup. So if Brady does come back into the side and you've got someone like, you know, Blake Green that you can bring into the 17 when need be, he's a pretty handy pickup uh, at his age and probably on the money that he's demanding
1: at, at this stage of his career. If you had shape off Blake Green and Kurt Mann, you'd be more paying attention to Blake Green. Unfortunately. So you've got Mitchell Pierce and Blake Green. If they can play on the opposite side of the park and there's a bit of shaping and a bit of option, it makes it harder defensively to know who to gang up on. I think at the moment you gang up where Mitchell Pierce is, that's mm. where the ball's gonna go. Mm. So on that, on that, that note, it does, could be a real positive it can make their attack better. It's just gonna be interesting how the two senior players combine and, and whether they play together or split and, and play sort of the two t- traditional half rolls.
0: Okay, well, there is some other news around the grounds. Uh, Ricky Latelli's move to Melbourne has been confirmed after the Toronto Wolfpack pulled out of the Super League. And elsewhere, down in Canberra, Kurt Baptiste returns for the rest of the year to help with their hooker crisis. Uh, Let's look back now, though, at the round 12 predictions. Indigenous round Blake
2: Ferguson has scored his first try of the year.
1: Ferguson thought about it. Maybe he should have passed. I think there's going to be eight extremely close matches this round, and I'm going to say one will go to golden point. At least one. Mm. And order is restored. (laughs) 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 Although, very
0: close. Only one game was more than 12 points, and uh, that was the Panthers over Manly. Yeah, and Panthers were flying. They are absolutely flying. flying. Uh, who are the three players flying from uh, last week in your yeah. MVP well, votes?
1: Well, Cody Walker, i got go at one point I thought when Adam Reynolds went off, he stood up and, and, and managed the game and kick game was perfect. Uh, Jason Tamaloa r- again, runs for over 200 metres. He's a beast. And my three points goes to Nathan Cleary. Um, they're in red-hot form, Penrith. they one won in a row. Um, he's just passing the ball to where there's space. Um, Charlie Staines, he's scoring a try. He kicked. The, he's kicked a couple of... You know, 60, 70 metre kick. So he, he looks like he's a lot bigger and a lot stronger, and sh- kicking the ball a, a lot further. So he's my three points.
0: He's in great touch. Does Nathan Cleary feature in your top three? points? Uh, he does. My one point went to Wade Graham. I thought
2: as a, a captain's knock up there at Suncorp to get his side out of trouble. Uh, two points went to Nathan Cleary, and yeah, for me, Cody Walker in, in Indigenous round was was back to his best. And you now the fact they lost Adam Reynolds early on in the game, um, and the, the pressure was placed on his shoulders. 16
0: points down uh, to drag his side back. Yeah, you know, to get that victory I thought was an outstanding performance by Cody. And all those points in that match scored by uh, the Rabbitohs were by Indigenous players. What a go- way it was to kick off Indigenous round. Let's look at the MVP NRL team's leaderboard Nathan Cleary uh, well out in front ahead of James Tedesco with five votes this weekend. Uh, gents quickly before the teams are in will he be caught? Well, it depends if he gets deducted points for his TikTok video. No, no, no. So about <laughs> No more TikToks and we will not be deducting any points <laughs> of Nathan Cleary here on NRL Teams. But he is by far the best player in the competition right now.
1: Definitely, yeah. A career-best form. It's fifth fifth season in the NRL. He's the dominant half. Penrith are flying. Um, they've got depth. They've got roster. It's, as we said last week, it's their Premiership time. All right, we better fly into the Round 13 lineups with the buzzer
0: going there. What a way to kick things off on Thursday night. The Dragons against the Roosters, and this match will uh, pay tribute to the 105th anniversary of the Battle of Lone Pine after the COVID-19 outbreak forced the traditional Anzac Day match uh, between these two teams to be scrapped. Alright, let's look at the Dragons. Paul McGregor has made a huge call ahead of his 150th Game as an NRL coach, dropping Corey Norman. His axing will see Ben Hunt and the returning Adam Clune partner each other in the halves for the first time. Ewan Aiken has been selected despite picking up a hamstring issue against the Bunnies, while Trent Merrin returns via the bench after missing last week with concussion. Let's look at the Roosters. Josh Morris returns from a calf complaint in the centres, while Kyle Flanagan is missing, so Lachlan Lamb starts at halfback. Jared Wairira-Hargreaves has been cleared to face the Dragons despite playing only 31 minutes against the Titans because of a calf issue. Satili Tupanua forms a brand-new back row combination alongside Mitch Orbison, who becomes just the third rooster to reach the 300-game milestone behind Anthony Minicello and Luke Rickardson. Thursday night also marks James Tedesco's 150th match in the NRL. Boyd Cordner, interestingly still missing. Noddy, uh, Adam Clune returns. Are you surprised that Paul McGregor didn't stink uh, with the Ben Hunt combination at nine with Clune and Norman in the halves?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, we've made huge mention that we think Ben Hunt is is the best dummy half option for the Dragons. Um, You know, I can understand that that, that they led 16-0 last week. They looked like going away with a good victory. Then they they got beat, and, and maybe that goes back to game management from Corey Norman. Maybe he's really unhappy with how Corey Norman played and you know, he puts Ben Hunt into that 5-8 position. I would have Tristan Saylor playing 5-8 and, and give the kid an opportunity, put Ben Hunt at dummy half. If, that's, if you don't want Corey Norman, but I just don't see the Ben Hunt playing 5-8 as a long-term future.
0: Robbie, uh, Tristan Saylor got 14 minutes last week, looked really busy and impressive in that time. So how does Murray get him more game time this week off the bench?
2: Yeah, I think you've got to get him into the game earlier. I he think. can start him. Yeah. Well, he he came on. (laughs) He he looked busy. He almost tried too hard at times. Obviously, threw an intercept pass, but then came up with a nice little try assist as well with a with a nice little kick. So, look, I think um, obviously he's a a player of the future. uh, Someone they got big wraps on. So you got to find a way to inject him into the game a lot earlier.
1: They've got Matt. Like Matt Dufty's in, in wonderful form. He can throw the cutout passes. You know, if Ben Hunt can steer the team around at dummy half and, and run when he wants to run. Adam Clune just seems to be the genuine kicker. And similar. That's, this is where you've got to put Tristian Sale in now while there's under no pressure. He can just become a supporting running 5'8". Alright, the, uh, the Roosters have taken on the
0: Warriors and the Titans for tight wins in recent weeks. Robbie, are they still your Premiership favourites? Or is this the wake-up core or the you know, tight tussles that they need at this time of the year?
2: Well, I think the concern for me for the Roosters is the amount of injuries that are mounting on them, long-term injuries like Daniel, Daniel Tupo, Brett Morris, Boyd Cordner still hasn't been seen in, in a while. Obviously, Victor Radley's gone for the season as well. So these are very hard players to replace. And whilst they're still a quality side, I think they've really struggled... With the injury toll in the last few weeks. Games that they were expected to win and win pretty well. Uh, They've struggled. I think the Gold Coast caused them a few problems uh, on the weekend as well. So, look, this is a big game uh, for the Roosters this week because I, I think they start to be a bit worried with how long they've been out of form for.
0: All right, the Roosters uh, will be uh, wanting to get a win for Mitch Orbison. He becomes the 40th player in the game's history to reach the 300-game milestone. Two of them join me now, 307 and 303. Have I got that right? 303, yeah. uh, so what, what does this occasion
1: mean to a player? Uh, I, for myself, it was a huge achievement. You know, It was a huge, I thought, family sacrifice. My mum and dad who drove me to park football when I was a kid, you know, they got to celebrate that as well. Um, lucky enough, I suppose, to stay injury-free. Um, be competitive. I've played for a number of clubs where Mitchell's been able to play all for the Sydney Roosters. He, to me, seems like a great clubman. He plays any position, plays it to the best mm. of his ability. There are superstars around him, and as you said, like, he's, a, he's a three-time Premiership winner player.
2: Could be four. Could be four, yeah. yeah I, I echo what Noddy said there. He's just an outstanding player. He, is, yeah, he doesn't grab the headlines every yeah. week, but I think if you speak everyone, to everyone at the Roosters, I'll tell you how important he is to them on the field, off the field as a clubman, yeah. as a leader. Um, you know, it's a great achievement you know, for, for Mitch Alberson, and I think there'll be, um, you know, there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be any Roosters fan or any person involved in that club that wouldn't just be over the moon for him this weekend.
0: Yeah, and Mitch Alberson has always been great to deal with from a media perspective, so congratulations. Uh, we hope you have a blinder on Thursday night. Let's look at Friday night footy. What a way to kick things off. The Seagulls and the Warriors at Lotto Land from 6pm. We spoke last week about how important Kate Cusk will be for the Seagulls and although he didn't face Penrith... Uh, the stand in 5 8th form will be very important over the next four to six weeks, with Dylan Walker missing with a new foot fracture. Brad Parker was another big casualty from the Panthers' loss with a head knock, so Tavita Funa slots in the centres. Thankfully for Manly, Curtis Sirenen's knee injury wasn't as bad as first feared and has been named to face the Warriors. And in Jersey 21, Albert Hoppawadi has been named. If he does debut, he'll become uh, the third Hoppawadi behind Will, his brother and father John in lining up for the Seagulls. Manly had better get a win for their mentor this weekend as Des Hasler becomes the ninth man in Premiership history to reach 400 games as a coach. Let's look at the Warriors. Of course, Blake Green's immediate departure means Chanel Harris-Tavita gets his shot in the starting side for just the fourth time in 2020. That's the only change in an otherwise rarely settled Warriors lineup. Uh, when we look at uh, the form of Manly, a big loss to the Panthers. Look at their run home. They've got the Warriors, Knights, Rabido, Storm, Tigers, Bulldogs, Titans, Warriors again. Only one top yeah. four side in those eight games. But can they still make the eight?
1: Well, I think they're they're capable of making the eight. It'll all depend on when some of their stars come back. We've mentioned about Tom Travojevic not being there now for a while. But, um, you know, Des Hasler would think, you know, the, the way the win games is also on the back of your defence. You know, he, Daly Cherry Evans was filthy about the team's attitude in the weekend. You know, they also beat Parramatta a few weeks ago without some stars as well. So they're capable of it. They've just got to come up with the right attitude. As you said, like, you know, it, it's a relatively hard run, but, you know, you could go, OK, let's get three out of the six. It, it, it's going to be so interesting... You know the top four are long gone in the ro- in the Premiership race in the, in the top eight race, but then it becomes a really tough battle with some tough runs in to, to see who's going to make the eight. Yeah,
2: look, I, I still give him a chance. I think they've still got enough quality in that side. Players coming yeah. back, uh, as you said, it's a, a pretty easy run with the majority of those sides outside the top eight. The concerning thing for Des and Manly will be their defence. Last three weeks in a row, they've conceded 30-plus points, and that does come down to attitude. Mm. So, look, against the Warriors this week, they need to bounce back and bounce back, you know, you know, pretty big.
0: There's plenty happening at the Warriors at the moment. Of course, Blake Green has left, and their interim uh, head coach, uh, Todd Payton, had this revelation on Fox League's NRL 360's program last night.
1: had been offered the job, what, last Monday, so a week ago... And I informed the club that I'm going to turn it down,
0: and um, just wasn't the right opportunity for my family and myself at the time. To- at this time being, not an easy decision. Something I agonised over for a few days, but in the end, um, it was the first time I, I put my family first in a decision, and um, just wasn't the right time. There's another opportunity that's on the table, but I don't want to um, play that out in public either. So, well, that, um, that would be the Cowboys, you know, though. Yeah, that is the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Paul Todd Payton uh, falling for Paul Kent's uh, trick there. But we've been all praising how well he's handled this situation. It it would be so tough, given it's his first time in charge of a team without Stephen Kearney there. If the players wanted him there long-term, what effect would that news have on them?
2: I think it'd be quite disappointing. I think, obviously, he's got a great rapport with the players there. Uh, You know, I mentioned earlier, I think he's a a first-grade coach in waiting. Um, He's a very relaxed sort of character, Todd. So I think the situation that the Warriors find themselves in at the moment... I think he is rubbing off well on the players. The fact he's so relaxed and probably bring, bringing a bit of enjoyment back to, to their game. And I've, I thought we saw that on the weekend against the Tigers. So, uh, look, the players will be quite disappointed. But I think for Toddy, yeah, he obviously made it uh, clear that the decision is purely based around his family. Um, you know, his, his father-in-law sick with cancer. And them being over in New Zealand with everything going on in the world at the moment is just, just not going to work. So... Um, yeah, you know, I've got no doubt he would have loved to take that job, but obviously he's got an eye on a job back
0: here in Australia. OK, Noddy, so Craig Fitzsimons turned it down. Todd Payton's turned it down. Michael Maguire's saying, I'm staying put at the Tigers. Jeff Tuvey and the Walker brothers have been ruled out from the Warriors. Who do they go for?
1: It's a tough question, isn't it? They need someone that, as you said, can get the players to rally. Uh, they've been through... It's a club that a lot of coaches don't have a long-term future of, as well. You know, it's, If you really want to be a career coach, you might look at the Warriors also and go... I don't know if I want to go there because they've, they've been pretty quick to get rid of some coaches the last few years. There hasn't been a pretty stable coaching um, history there at the Warriors. It's almost Ivan Cleary is probably the most successful, led him to a yeah. uh, uh, grand final in Six years thin, mm. roughly? Yeah. So, you know, So I, I'm not sure who they go for. They, they're obviously their number one, two and three choices have turned them down. It's, it's obviously to go further down the list. But there would be a lot of coaches that'll be looking for opportunities to coach in the NRL.
0: Alright, and the good news is, as you said a couple of weeks ago, you're not leaving us here on <laughs> NRL Teams. <laughs> Cannot wait for the late game on Friday. We have got the Rabbitohs against the Broncos or Bennett versus Seabold. Yes, it's yes, build it up, Zach. Yes, let's go. As expected, uh, Adam Reynolds has been named to face the Broncos Does Despite suffering a shoulder burner against the Dragons last Thursday, the Rabbitohs are hopeful he'll play... But if the nerve issue doesn't settle down, Troy Dargan is expected to slot in the halves as he did back in rounds three and four. Jaden Sewer has been named but will only play if he beats his Grade 1 dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight. In some fresh signing news today, Campbell Graham has extended his contract with the club until the end of 2024. So that's a long-term deal. Let's look at the Broncos. They'll be boosted by the return of David Fafida. But... Anthony Milford is out. Uh, with a hamstring injury. So that means that Brady Croft returns to the halves uh, at 5'8", alongside, to, alongside Tom Diddon. Joe Offerhand-Gowie moves back to the bench with Ethan Ballymore missing out on the 17 altogether. And there could be another big in for the Broncos if Matt Lodge overcomes his latest knee injury in time for Friday. So, Robbie, we loved it last year. All the bars between the coaches. <laughs> First it was Seabold, then Bennett, then uh, Dimitri got involved. If they don't play it publicly this week, what will Wayne be saying behind the scenes?
2: Look, I don't know about Wayne individually, but I know, I think the South's club in general, I think there's still a bit of animosity there to, to the way things ended with Seabole. With so, look, there's no doubt that they'd love to put another nail in his coffin, so to speak, uh, with the situation he's in up at Brisbane. So, um, yeah, whatever's said publicly, I, I wouldn't listen to that too much. I know deep down there's a there's a lot of angst still there and um, yeah, they'll be fighting hard as I said to, to pile the pressure on Anthony Seabold again this weekend.
1: Wayne did come out though and, and put some Brisbane Journals on, on notice that it wasn't his fault why they're going so bad. He's been caught up in this also how bad the Broncos are going, it's been the roster, it's been the development, mm. the progression planning so now Wayne's had a fair bit to say about what's happening up there as well so go back to the question you asked me before, who's going to take the Warriors job? Can I throw Wayne Bennett's name into that mix? You can, but the last time
0: we threw that as journalists to yeah, no, Wayne no, Bennett in yeah. a press oh, conference, you guys make up this, you guys make up
1: that. Yeah, but it, let but me it coach would, South. It wouldn't be a bad thing, would it?
0: Uh, no, it, it gives it would him a, a three-year job, a four-year job. But did you make it up? No, I haven't been That's down a... the coffee shop <laughs> with my mates making things up. It no, wouldn't be
1: as silly as it sounds. The mentoring coach goes over there.
0: It gets him. So you know what? It gets also Wayne a three or four-year contract. It does. But let's focus on the immediate, and that is Cody Walker. Played well, uh, as Robbie said uh, last week. Uh, How do they... If if Adam Reynolds plays, how do they get the best out of each other?
1: Well, then what Cody Walker's got to do is think that he's the... Whenever he wants the football, he gets the football. You know, he played so well, as you said. They were down 16-0. He ran the ball. He had shape running off him. His kicking game was perfect. Um, You know, sometimes you can sit back and let Adam Reynolds sort of manage your side and, and, and not be a part of the game, but... He was forced last week to play, and it was absolutely perfect. We probably got one of Cody Walker's best games for the last number of seasons. So take that confidence, go into this match. And you know Brisbane are going to give you some defensive deficiencies and some things to look at, but you've got to be busy and be around the ball to get them. Okay, the big news today out of Brisbane. Anthony Milford looks like he'll miss about six weeks with a
0: hamstring injury after arguably his best game of the year uh, despite going down to the Sharks uh, last week. So, Brady Croft returns. Is is it good that there won't be pressure on him because his position seems like it'll be safe for the next six weeks with Milford out?
1: Well, there's no position, no pressure from Milford not being there and, and you can't change. There's still an enormous amount of pressure about how bad they're going your own pride sort of should make you want to play better and certainly win and again, as you said the battle against South Sydney is pretty heated so Brady Croft I think is a, at this time of his career he's nearly at the crossroads of his career Melbourne Storm let him go to Brisbane he, he couldn't quite find a home down there as a managing game organising a halfback goes to Brisbane hasn't set the world on fire I'm not too sure how long Brady Croft can keep playing bad for to have a long term future in this game well, I think
2: it'll be interesting this week too because you mentioned the combination at Newcastle with, with Green and yeah. Mitchell Pearce being similar players I think you know, Dearden and Croft are similar players too. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work with Brody Croft with the number six on his back. Like, mm. we, all, we all spoke about his signing for Brisbane, about yeah. him being in the organising half and taking the pressure off Milf. But now he's in the, the running role yeah. of, the, of the number six jersey.
1: So it'll be interesting to see how that works this week. They can both be very good support runners and back up their forwards who are wonderful because they don't play traditional shape, the Broncos. There's no two forwards going in the forward, go out the back, shape off your halfback. So the two halves can just become running halves and supporting halves and kicking halves and build pressure on the back of a good kick game. Well, they've got some fair forwards. They well, do, and well, they've well, got well, a well, fair well.
0: forward attorney. How important is it for those halves not to rely on David Feeder to do it all himself?
1: Well, not
2: rely on him, but as Noddy said, you know, I'd be stiffing around David Feeder all night long because you know he's going to create opportunities for you. Uh, you know, whether it's an offload, he's going to break a tackle, a line break. So you don't want to miss those opportunities. Whilst those halves are out of form and might not be creating things themselves,
1: you know, Work off the back of the things that your forwards are creating for you. you got Fafita who's going to give you offload and quick play the balls. You've got Payne Haas who's going to break tackles and offloads. You've got Pengo Jr. who's going to create some second phase and offloads. Yeah. He's just got to be good, busy enough to be around them and play a bit of unstructured football because at the moment, that's what the style of football is about. Flat, fast play of the advantage line, not this deep and slow and game plan stuff. And
0: you're going to have mm. me talking this game up all week. Seabold versus Bennett, part four. Of course, you can catch it on Nine, Foxtel, Sky, And you have Zealand. Wayne next
1: time go, you guys make stuff up again. That's right, he doesn't watch NRL
0: teams. So <laughs> what? It's okay, get away. Actually, he does. He does, yeah. yeah does. Uh, on right. KO and yeah. also using uh, the NRL app uh, right here. All right, let's push on to Saturday Arvo footy. Uh, plenty of good action here as well. The Storm against the Bulldogs from Sunshine Coast, Stadium, a few changes here. It's a case of one Smith out, another Smith in for the storm, with Captain Cam set to miss a couple of weeks with an AC joint injury. Brandon will start in Melbourne's number nine jersey for just the second time in his 55-game career. There's another major change to the spine. No Ryan Pappenhausen at fullback. He's been rested, so Nico Hines comes in. Justin Mollum has been named to return from an ankle injury in the centres, replacing replacing Marion Seve, who has had plastic surgery on a cut to his ear. He's set to miss a few weeks. There are a couple of changes to Canterbury's starting side with Offa Hickey Ogden and Sione Katawa starting in place of Jeremy Marshall King and Aidan Tolman, who dropped to the bench there alongside Remus Smith, who comes in for Jack Cogger. So Cam Smith will miss two to three weeks, and it might sound strange, Robbie, when I ask you this question, but could it be a good thing both for him personally, given that he doesn't have to have those arguments with Craig Bellamy going, I don't want to be rested, mm. and also to, to prove or to, for Melbourne to prove that they can win without him?
2: Look, I think so. I think long-term it could be a good thing, as you mentioned. Uh, long season gives him a couple of weeks to freshen up and, and really get himself firing for for the back end of the year when the when the big games come around. Uh, you know, two, I think it's a view with one eye on the future, possibly. If Cam's going to retire, uh, you, know, you want to see how the side is going to go not relying on him all the time. Obviously, Brandon Smith has aspirations to be the long-term nine at... At the storm, so it's a big week for Brandon Smith. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about him and Harry Grant going back next year, and, and what's going to happen there. So, look, he's going to want to put one hand on that jersey um, in preparation for next year, you know, if he gets that opportunity. So, look, it's um, it could potentially be a good thing, uh, him not being there. But there's no doubt he's obviously a massive loss for
0: for what they're doing down there. Does it also give Cam time to weigh up his future?
1: It gives Cameron two weeks to sit at the Sunshine Coast um, <laughs> resort at the moment. The families are all up there not having to prepare for a game of football, knowing how professional the Melbourne Storm are, it gives Cameron Smith two weeks to go away from thinking about football, worry about his injury, but could make the biggest decision of his career. Do you, not, do you think he knows what he's going to do, what his decision is? No I, don't, no, I don't know. I don't think he does. I think there's that gut feeling that I, th- I feel like he wants to let Melbourne have a bit of notice to get their future right, whether, whether it's a Harry Grant comes back, whether he decides to play and it costs them the, you know, the long-term dummy half. How's his body going? You know the fact we're playing 18 rounds straight this season. There's no buys, there's no rest. Um, his form, you could say, he's easily able to go again next year, without a, without playing that year too long.
0: That story is going to have to come to a head soon, mm.
1: though. It's going to happen. every week Cameron, wanna, it's yeah. going to happen. The Tigers want to know what. How Cameron Smith doing? is probably the best player our game has nearly ever had. He's off contract and he needs to make a decision, and every week it goes unnoticed or, or no decision. It's going to be a talking point. All right,
0: I've got to push on and look at the Bulldogs. Uh, Lachlan Lewis was uh, back to his best on the weekend against the Eels. Uh, almost got them, sorry, yeah, almost got the job done against yeah. the Eels. Um, how important is it for him to maintain this form to take pressure off the likes of Kieran Forum?
1: Hugely important, yeah. And you know, They've trained a bit harder at the moment. The Dogs, they're, they're, they've been, you know, they've a bit of a spring in the step. They've got a bit of confidence. As you said, they, they got 18 points to 16. They, they had a chance to win this game. Um, you know, Lachlan Lewis has been in and out of first grade a lot this season. You know, he comes in and, and won a lot of games at the end of last year, but didn't really put a finger... Uh, 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 a grip on that seven jersey for, to the start of this season. So he's, he's fighting for his future a little bit. Kieran Foran, we don't know if he's going to stay or not because we know he's knocked back their first offer. So he's out to impress Trent Barrett. I think you're always out to impress anyone because you want to you stay in this game playing as long as you can. OK, got
0: to push on and look at the second game on Saturday. Can't wait for this one either. The Knights up against the West Tigers. Uh, of course, that's a big match up in the Hunter at 5.30pm, McDonald Jones Stadium. His move to the Knights was only confirmed a couple of hours ago, but Blake Green will make his debut for his seventh NRL club on Saturday. That's the good news. The bad, Bradman Best could be sidelined indefinitely with an ankle injury. He may need surgery, but is looking at six weeks minimum on the sideline. That's caused a backline reshuffle. Star Toa is on one wing, while Anari Tuwala and Gahemet Shibasaki are in the centres. Green's arrival sees Kurt Mann take over at Hooker and forces Brody Jones out of the 17. Lachlan Fitzgibbon needs to pass his HIA protocol to be clear to play with Basami Solo. Uh, Suspended for two weeks. He won't be there uh, for his ugly tackle on Jerome Hughes. Let's look at the West <laughs> Tigers. Uh, there's been mass changes in Tiger Town ahead of round 13. Joey Lua returns from suspension as Tommy Talau moves to the centres. That's because Moses Embire is covering for Harry Grant at Hooker. Grant has a knee issue but is expected to only miss one week. Newest Tiger, AJ Kapoa, the man who has made Sonny Bill Williams' return to the NRL possible, will make his debut on the wing. Luke Brooks has been recalled to the starting side with Billy Walters dropping to the bench. Up front, Russell Packer returns returns from suspension. Sam McIntyre is in the back row for Luke Garner. And Matt Eisenhuth is in for Alex Twole. He picked up a rib injury against the Warriors and is expected to be back next week. A quick shout-out to Chris Lawrence, who's in Jersey 16. It will be his 250th NRL match. Uh, of course, he's faced a couple of career-threatening injuries across his 15-year career. The big news out of Newcastle, as well as the Blake Green news, Bradman Best. Uh, he's their strike weapon. How, how mm. big a blow is this for them? I
2: think it's huge. Uh, as you said, I think he's been their most likely all year uh, when it comes to scoring points. It uh, looks dangerous every time he touches the ball. Uh, he's been a threat right across the park, dropping under, coming back through the ruck, now, beating, his, beating his man one on one. So, um, long another long-term injury for the Knights when they're already struggling with other key personnel out. So it's just going to make their, the rest of their season a lot more difficult.
1: You mentioned before, Zach, about the Roosters. You know their injury concerns is going to hurt them a little bit. And so, the, the teams that get to the semi-finals this year. With the yeah. closest to the full roster, are going to be the ones that will go extremely close to win the comp. Well, well but look at Penrith.
2: Yeah, Penrith have been in great form all year yeah. with m- the majority of the same 17 week in, week out. Very minimal changes. Mm. Makes such a difference when you can have consistency with the team you're putting out there week in, week out.
0: Okay, of course, uh, Blake Green will hopefully help the Knights attack. But yeah, Caelan Ponga and Mitchell Pearce have been under pressure. Is it warranted criticism or are they just the scapegoats given they're the biggest names in this team? Both.
1: You, you're always going to fall under criticism because you are the biggest names. Uh, you know, Caelan Ponga signed a huge deal not that long ago, um, which everyone then reads about and puts them on notice. Um, they also are quite a structured football side. Their forwards don't offer many second-phase offloads, or, or dummy half doesn't play a lot of football. Their dummy halves are just more or less a running dummy half or a, or a tackling dummy half. So, th- so that puts a lot of pressure on your seven and your one to be everything.
0: And we saw how important Mitchell Pearce was to the Knights last year. They went on a six-game winning streak uh, through the middle of the year. He was man of the match in every one of those games, yeah. and then he played Origin. So we know he can play that form, but potentially Blake Green takes that pressure off, as we said earlier.
2: Yeah, you know, we've spoken about earlier in the year with uh, Brayley going there, taking the pressure off Mitchell Pearce, yeah. and then McCulloch as well, and that, that seems to work well. But now they've you know, gone back into searching for a nine to find the right combination. So you know, whether they found that this week with Man going back to nine and Blake, uh, Blake Green going into... You know, the sixth jersey, I think it's um, yeah, interesting to see how it works as we said at the top of the show.
0: Okay, so the, uh, the Tigers are coming off a bad loss to the Warriors and uh, just to remind you how unhappy Michael Maguire was after their loss take a listen to this. Two forward, one step back. Games you're supposed to win. Well as a club we've got to
2: own it again. Uh, we've all got to own it, every single one of us. We're determined to change a club. You have these things along the way. You know, we need to make sure that it's not like that performance because that was uh, not a West Tigers performance anymore. That's uh, not acceptable in and around the club, and uh, this is the expectation. You know, it's been set, we've seen that. You were filthy after the Titans loss. Is this even more
0: frustrating?
1: I'm not happy.
0: Oh. Poor Tigers players after that match. I love how people think that's a proper kick
2: from Madge. You should see the stuff I've seen him do. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell. No, no. no but um, look, yeah, have they got With all due respect, though, yeah, he's got every right to be filthy. I was filthy watching that game. You know, it was a game where the Tigers had everything to play for against a team that had nothing to play for, and to dish up that sort of performance with, yeah, your season in the balance is just not good enough, and it's frustrating because it's happened for. Yeah, so many years, year on end, the inconsistencies, Madge knew... And I've spoken with Madge about it on numerous occasions, about having to change the culture in the club. It's something that frustrated me right through my career, you know, because you just, you get over the inconsistencies. You can't put a finger on why you show up one week and you can perform against the best teams in the comp. Other weeks you can't beat teams that you should beat. So, yeah, Madge is very frustrated and I guess, you know, he's such an emotional guy, wears his heart on his sleeve, very passionate. Sometimes that spills over, but I think that's a good thing.
0: They've shown inroads, so how long does it take to fully transform that culture and make it a winning culture, no, well, not this roller coaster, a good one week, bad the next Well, I wish day. I knew, mate, because I would have changed it 10 years ago but while the, I was there. You they know? showed so improvements, improvements yeah. over four or five weeks, but is, but it, that's a, not long is
2: it a year? That's not long enough. You know? you, you've got to do it consistently for 80 minutes every week and then week in, week out. You know, to be one of the best teams in the competition, you've got to do it over the course of a season. At the moment, the team, the club can't do it for long enough as I said I was a part of that for so many years so for me it it hurts you know so I want to change it. I I think Madge is the right person to change it he's going to need some time Um, look uh, as much as I hate to say I say it I think that the roster probably
0: needs an overhaul too Um, and it's going to take time okay so Luke Brooks gets his shot back in the starting side is that the right call
1: yeah, well, he's had, to, he's had to fight for it. You know, Madge made a couple of big decisions. Benji Marshall got pushed out of the side a number of weeks ago. He, he didn't kick stones. He trained hard. He got back into the side. Luke Brooks, you know, he, he got benched. He's, a, he's, a, he's had to fight hard. He's probably played not the traditional number seven role that he's been playing five or six seasons as. It's just like, make you the first bloke picked or you feel comfortable. So it's making them fight hard for it. But the, the other thing I hope that he's improved is hopefully he's improved their game management. Hopefully he's improved what it takes to win Monday to Friday. Because winning doesn't just turn up on a weekend and you flick a switch and you're like, oh, we can win every week. It's all your preparation, your amount, the amount of video work you put into what the opposition do, how to, how to win, how to help... The, you know, His job, Luke Brooks now, is to tell his players where he wants them to run what type of shape to play, how are we playing against You know, we, we, we need to now start coaching other players in our team and make their preparation get better rather than just Maguire sitting every day and cracking the whip at everyone. Well can't wait to see Green versus Brooks this weekend, also can't wait to
0: see the Panthers, the league leaders take on the Canberra Raiders who have shown plenty of muscle over the last few weeks, Saturday night out of Panthers Stadium, Malakai watenei Lesniak had to wait more than a year between drinks before he returned to the NRL in round 11, this time He's only had to wait two weeks to be recalled. He's on the wing with tri-scoring sensation Charlie Staines set to miss a month with a hamstring injury. James Fisher-Harris, highlighted there, has been in great form this year and will no doubt want to celebrate his 100th game in style on Saturday night there's a big in for the Raiders after just one week out, Chance Nickel Klockstad returns from a compound dislocation to his finger he's back in the number one jersey so Jordan Rappiner is back in his preferred position on the wing oh, round eight last year, take me back to Wagga, we saw Bateman versus out Bateman was in career best form there so we'll do the army remember that day and think, you know what I've got it over him now given how long Bateman's had out
2: um, look, I don't think oh, Bateman didn't skip a a beat last week. He came straight back into the side and um, was his usual self. He provided another threat with the ball. You know, he's, he's not a traditional sort of uh, back row Bateman. He's not running those hard lines. You know, he gets early ball. He's got good footwork. He's got an offload and a pass. So it's going to be a great, uh, you know, a great challenge this week for for both those players coming up against each other. As I said, they're both different sorts of back rowers. So it's going to be interesting to see. Know, how they come up against each other.
0: We've been critical of the Raiders' reliance on their left edge at SAC, but has Bateman unlocked their right edge?
1: Yeah, definitely. He brings another opportunity. You know, as you said, you can throw an early ball. Mm. Um, they're both halves for the Raiders. They're just great running halves. Um, they take the ball to the line. They play what's in front of them. Now, Bateman, you, you, you can beat defenders. He's able to score on his own and create a line break and push people off. And then defensively, when you're playing in front of him you probably have a little bit of an eye out looking at him because you know he's going to mm. come out of the line and put a shot on you so uh, it, it certainly makes him a more balanced side um, but yeah, the Raiders have been they've had three of the most gutsy wins I think I've seen from any side when Josh Hodgson went down we thought they were going to get beat they, they haven't the played great I thought though they were, were going to get beat, beat. well yeah <laughs> well, they could probably get beat by 20 <laughs> this week <laughs> Robbie didn't think that no, this one yeah. but, no, I said that'd be a reflection of their coach and I, and they you know, I been. think been. They, they have yeah. been you know, but like, that lemon gets squeezed it has been squeezed a fair bit. They've been brave. Not much juice. Oh, well, they? I think
2: they've been better. I, I, yeah. and I said this you know, <laughs> earlier off-air before the show. Hang on, think, headline. Sack, Hodgson. Well, no, all I, think, I think their halves <laughs> have just taken a lot more control. They're playing yeah. a lot more direct. Yeah. Uh, you know, their hookers have come in and are doing a, a good yeah. job. They've got the contrast there with
0: Harvili and Starling coming off the bench with a bit more spark. I, I think they've looked a, a more balanced side. And going forward, it looks like the Green Machine will secure the services of Ryan James for season 2021 20, and 2022. He's 29, coming off two ACL injuries. Is he worth the risk, Robbie?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's a quality player. He was someone that was in the uh, the New South Wales blue system, almost broke it, broke in for his origin debut. Was part of the squad on many an occasion. Of occasion. Um, you know, obviously, two knee injuries in a row. But look, I think you take the punt. I think you know, for him, if he can get back to somewhere near. Uh, what he's capable of. I think he's a, he's a great signing for
0: the Raiders. Okay, we've got to look at his old club. or well, the club he's still with uh, for the next uh, year at least, or uh, six months. Uh, the Titans, they take on the Cowboys on a Sunday afternoon at home, Seabus Super Stadium. Justin Holbrook has made just the one change, and it's on his bench. Sam Lassone is in for Sam Stone, while Corey Thompson could miss out again. He's on the reserves list. Tyrone Peachy will make his 150th NRL appearance from the Pine. Of course, he debuted with the Sharks back in 2013. For the first time since March 19, Michael Morgan will lead the Cowboys into battle. The skipper had shoulder surgery in the season break. Tom Opacek also returns from injury in the centres, which forces Justin O'Neill to the wing. Josh Maguire is back from his one-match ban, as Mitch Dunn returns to the starting side. Jake Granville will play his first NRL match since round four. He's on the bench alongside Emery Perry and Francis Molo. It looks like Shane Wright and Jake Clifford will miss out on the match day 17. Gavin Cooper is, uh, or has been looked, overlooked altogether. Robbie, AJ Brimson, geez, it is good to watch him in full flight. He makes such a difference to this Titans outfit, doesn't he? He,
2: he does, and he's, you know, everyone's kind of forgotten about uh, him not being there this year. And you know, He burst onto the scene a year or two ago and you know, massive raps on him and, and really provided a spark to that Gold Coast side up there. And They've obviously struggled this year, but I think, you know, I think everyone's under- underestimated how much of a loss he's been for them. And you know, having him back now, I think... Uh, provides, as you said, another spark for him. He's got so much speed. He just seems like a natural footy player. Very instinctive. Um, and he's someone that I think can really add to their side for the back end of this year and then moving forward next year playing off the likes of David Fafita and,
1: and Tino uh, that, that have been massive signings for the Gold Coast. In, in, in talking to some people up there, he's actually a student of the game. He goes and watches an enormous amount of video, wants his preparation to be perfect, trains the house down. And as you said, like he he burst onto the scene. He was going to be Michael Gordon's replacement, mm. and then he couldn't sort of crack his you know that consistent amount of games through injury. Now they're starting to put a good roster together. I, I think what Justin Holbrook's been has done in six months of having the job, or probably eight months, nine months. It's a tick at the moment. Like the, the Titans have been a basket case for a long time. To me, it seems like they're in the right direction. They're making the you know correct business decisions on recruitment, the people they're going after, the players they're letting go of, and, and I think this. This is going to be a good game, actually. They're pretty close, both of these opposition. Mm. But I really like where the Titans are heading.
0: All right. Well, as long as uh, his wife doesn't go into labour to have their first child, Michael Morgan will be there uh, for his return on the weekend. A couple of injury-plagued seasons. Hasn't played uh, for 144 days, coming off shoulder surgery. What can we expect from him in his return?
1: Well, hopefully just game management and a a good kicking game because that's what cost the Cowboys any chance at victory last week. They're extremely poor in that component. Um, You know, again, he's, he's... you know he's he's a pretty, you know, won't be blowing you away of footwork and, and side work and side sort of movement. He's probably going to be, you know, he had a best year there when the when the Cowboys did go to the premier into a grand final race when Jonathan Thurston wasn't playing. So he does know how to manage a game and how to steer him around. So that experience that he brings back for this roster, that's all he's going to have to do this week, and, and that's a huge benefit for for Josh Henne, who, you know, you got kids running the side. No, no, hang on a sec. Michael Morden's back. Hopefully he's learned over the last few weeks. What the coach feels like, like, and what messages. You know, the game of football can be pretty simple. Yeah,
0: all right, he is a big in, got to push on, sorry, noddy, to the last game of round 13. We'll have to wait and see now uh, whether Sharks fans will welcome the return of a couple of their stars. They take on the Eels at Net Jubilee Stadium, and the good news is Josh Dugan will play his 200th annual match in the Centres. He's back from a hamstring injury, as are Jesse Ramian and Matt Moylan. Round 12, rookie Jackson Ferris has been suspended for two weeks but is out for four to six weeks anyway with a knee injury. Siffa Talakai shifts back to the pack while Toby Rudolph is in for Jack Williams who drops down to the bench. Ryan Madison will miss a second straight week. Uh, but elsewhere, Brad Arthur has made only one other change. Ray Stone comes onto the bench for Brad Takarangi. Noddy, they're going to be uh, smiling down in the Shire. Dugan... Ramien, Moylan, enough to get them over the line against the Eels?
1: No, I hope so, yeah. I think it'll be a good, good, good clash. Obviously, they play for the Timmy Manor Cup as well. Um, so, a little bit of motivation there from both clubs to, to come out and remember a former player. Um, great victory last week when it looked like they'd, they'd sort of got too far behind and blown an opportunity. You, get, you talk about having quality players make your side better. Well, there's a couple of strike quality players coming back there. Sean Johnson is in probably career best form. So the good part is for Matt Morland, he doesn't have to come in and try and be overly flashy uh, and do all these brilliant things. He's just got to fit in and do his job. Uh, milestone match for Dugan, a little bit of a celebration. So there's plenty of good things happening there. But Johnson has to run the side this week. He's been, I think he's been running
0: it for six to eight weeks in a row, anyway. Well, okay. Let's look at the Eels. Of course, they're third on the ladder. A lot of people have them as a Premiership contender, but not everyone does. Here's what Phil Gould and Paul Galen had to say on Channel 9's 100% Footy. All oh, right, right, Pam, I, I, just, I, I just can't see Parramatta doing that well this year. I, they're going well, don't get me wrong. They're going great. I don't man. think they can win the comp. There you go. I don't think they can win the comp. Why not? I just don't. I think they've got uh, some guys in there that, uh, you know, went, went out last year. I just don't think they can win the comp. Why?
1: They haven't, the they, they haven't got the yeah, grit. They haven't got the grit. In, In second can.
0: halves where they've been challenged this year by fair sides, they've been found wanting.
1: I think their last month has been think... lucky. I think yeah, their
0: last really. month has been lucky. I don't think they've been playing well. They've been beating sides they should be beating, but they haven't been beating them well. All right, let's look at their last month that Paul Gallen referred to there. They had a tight win over the Knights. So they had that uh, ugly loss down at Land Manly. Then they had... a. Uh, you know, respectable, I guess, wins, but tight wins over the West Tigers and the Bulldogs. So they've still been winning, Robbie, but are you concerned that the Eels aren't that genuine premiership force that they look like earlier in the year?
2: Look, I still think that they need to prove themselves in the big games. Um, you, know, you go back to last year, uh, they won a semi-final, you know, 50-odd points to nil against Brisbane. They are talking themselves up about being a premiership chance, go down to Melbourne the week after and lose 36 nil down in Melbourne. So, And then this year, against the big sides, against the Roosters... Uh, you know, the Panthers have struggled against as well so I still think there's that question mark over what they can do in the big moments, in the big games um, look they've their form's obviously dipped in the last few weeks I think that's understandable, over the course of a season you can't be at your best week in, week out and they're in outstanding form earlier in the year they've obviously dropped, they're going to look to bounce back but the question
0: mark for me is still about big games. Okay, so they've got eight weeks until the business end or the big games yeah. really heat up. Can they can they get the work done in that two-month period?
1: Well, no. You don't understand how to win big games playing eight rounds of football leading into a semi-final. It's when the big moments come about how to handle the pressure. If they have some, you know, this is a tough clash for them because I think the Cronulla side would really physically challenge them. Uh, and Gus just said they're a bit soft when it gets tough. So this will be a contest that if they can win this one, the toughness. It'll be more about the top sides when they get in that arm wrestle. Do they win the, against the best sides? Not beat mm. the easy side. It's not when when there's no pressure on you. They'll make the eight. They're definitely going to make the eight. They're probably going to be a top three, top four side. They've had minimal injuries. It's going to be how they handle the environment when the semifinals arrive. Are they genuine contenders or are they just, as I said, soft under the belly? Right. Make sure you tune in to see how the Eels go this weekend against the Sharks.
0: You can catch all Round 13 action on Nine, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, uh, the KO, Uh, App and also using your Telstra Live Pass right here across the NRL network. That's all eight games done and dusted. So your prediction, please, for round 13.
2: A couple of upsets this week for me. I I really like the Dogs against the Storm. I think uh, they can cause a boil over. And my Tigers uh, against Newcastle and Chrissy Lawrence and Benji Marshall's 250th games uh, for the club. So a shout-out to those boys. Welcome to the club. They joined me. 250 games for the Tigers. Only three yeah. of you, that's it? Only three of us. So, yeah, it's a, um, a prestigious little group there. If you're filthy, you c- can't go out and
0: celebrate afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Sunday, Sunday night, out over on the scoreboard. On the scoreboard? Space. They're well, are we, invited? There. Are no, we no, invited? No, so no. So 250 no. games minimum.
0: Yeah.
1: Noddy. <sighs> oh, I agree with Robbie. I think there'll be a few upsets this weekend. So he's gone for two, and I've actually gone for three that aren't his games. Oh. I, I, I think the Dragons will cause an upset. I'll keep it at two there. I'll just okay. Dragons. Broncos against South. Is Broncos
0: over the Bunnies an upset? They're coming second last. <laughs> just testing you. Asked me that research last he got week. I was just. He got yeah. you, there. Uh, <laughs> you did. And I was going to bring up a, a stat that we looked at earlier. That David Northall Luma can pass you on the West Tigers try scoring list this week, and you're about course. time. is a winger.
2: <laughs> I, I was a hooker, so. Yeah. Um, and, and my comment was that I'm actually the highest try scoring hooker. In NRL, So when Nufa becomes the highest tri-scoring winger in NRL, he can come and talk to me. OK, man. Yeah. All right. Careful,
1: Bailey.
0: <laughs> careful, Bailey. I know, I'm <laughs> just getting schooled here <laughs> today. Uh, Inside the NRL <laughs> is back on Monday. Join Katie Brown, Michael Chamis, and Jamie Soud from 5pm. They'll wrap up all the action from Round 13. We'll be back next Tuesday to reveal all the teams for Round 14. Thanks, Jens, for joining me once again. And thanks for watching from home. We'll see you next Tuesday.